Hey, what's up everybody? My name's MJ and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast, where our motto is EDH, community, now and always. Before we get started, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. Also, before we get started, I'd like to give a huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash quarantine. So a huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, Joe, Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals, Coach j Geek Beardly, and Scoop Phase for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And you can pick up your very own MTG in quarantine brand of playmat over at Inked Gaming. That's I N K E D Gaming.com. Got two awesome versions, both the full color logo as well as the grayscale version. They both look absolutely killer. You're going to want one for you and all of your friends. So make sure to go on over to Inked Gaming. That is I N K E D Gaming.com to pick up your very own playmat. Every purchase supports the channel and it's greatly appreciated. Also, this weekend, August 13th and 14th, there will be the Lee EDH charity stream event to help patron of the show and good friend Anomaly with some unexpected medical bills. So definitely check out the channels of Nathan the Hermit Druid, Veggie Wagon, and Beth the Queen of Cardboard, among others, to see how you can help raise money and make sure that Lee and their son are able to get the medical care they need in this very trying time. All right, the lightning builds are back and better than ever. And, you know, you know what they say. Um, these lightning builds are really fun, not just from my perspective, but I'd like to think that y'all as listeners really enjoy these too, so I'm really glad to be able to bring these back. And I've got a great guest for y'all today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce someone I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. We are finally able to get it to work. Introducing Mana Curves. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. I mean, it's been a long time. We've been talking about this for a while. Finally, able to get the schedules to work out. So that's great. I know. Timing is, time is weird. Time isn't real, but it is. And it's hard to do anything nowadays. <laughs> oh, I, I know that even in the digital age, we still have problems with the old scheduling planner, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Chase, before we get started here on the episode here today, uh, do you want to give a quick shout out to all the awesome stuff you do over on your own Twitch channel? Yes, of course. Um, my name is Chase, also known as Mana Curves. I'm a Commander content creator. I stream Paper Commander and uh, deck building on my Twitch channel, which is Mana Curves, uh, three times a week. Um, and you can find me everywhere at Mana Curves. Awesome, awesome. And you have one kick-ass logo, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was made by uh, Jess Inkling Customs, who did an absolutely amazing job. 10 out of 10. Cannot recommend Jess enough. Yeah, I, at some point, I feel like I have to start uh, trying to get some more commissions done from a lot of the major artists in our community. I just feel like there's never enough ideas in my brain on what exactly to commission, right? But someday. Same. Someday. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm sure the listeners out there know exactly what the ground rules are for the Lightning Build. But if this is your first time, I will regale them to you again. So a couple of years ago, I curated a list of a bunch of legendary creatures from throughout Magic's history who I feel are either, one, kind of underrepresented on EDH rec, or two, really don't have one particular way to build them. I mean, I'm trying not to have the very obvious tribal cards or commanders that have a very obvious synergy that you see most of the time, right? So 
a lot of these commanders that are on this list try to be pretty open and pretty flexible as to what you can do with them. And I'm going to see if Chase can build a really interesting commander deck in about 10 to 15 minutes without knowing exactly who this commander is ahead of time. So, on today's episode, we are going to have Chase build... Da-da-da-da! Zergo Bellstriker. Zergo Bellstriker is a one-drop, one-red legendary creature orc warrior 2-2. That reads, Zergo Bellstriker can't block creatures with power 2 or greater and has dash. And so if you don't know what the dash mechanic is, it costs 1 in a red and says you may cast this spell for its dash cost. If you do, it gains haste and it's returned from the battlefield to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. Also kind of known more now as the Ragavan Clause, but we're not going to get into that. So, Chase, take it away. Awesome. Okay, so this is a very interesting uh, commander. I like that it is very cheap and low mana value, especially with the dash ability. Uh, the camp block creatures with power 2 or greater is a little bit stressful, but this seems more like an aggressive commander that you really want to be hitting with, rather than, um, honestly, rather than... Um, blocking if i'm being completely honest so mm -hmm. this makes me think of stuff like impact tremors off the top of my head adding things that um you know etb you know your creature deals damage so if you're consistently returning this uh to your hand with the dash cost you're gonna constantly have two mana e creature etb is under your control it deals one damage to each opponent so not only are you able to swing with the two two with haste but also deal uh, an additional damage on enters the battlefield which i think is really 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 fun um this also makes me kind of want to do something like a um almost like a voltron -y brew um having uh stuff like claws of the valakut i believe uh is really good or granite grip which are things that give your um your creatures uh, a buff based on how many mountains you control and since you're in mono red that's going to be pretty easy to achieve which i really really like Ooh, that's um, gross that is I, I like that kind of synergy <laughs> Yeah, I really do too. I think it's I because it's so cheap and fast. I think you're gonna be able to do some really gross stuff in here too. It kind of feels like a um a raw rack almost. You know mm -hmm. the zero drop uh from Commander Legends. I mean one to two drop is still pretty pretty crisp. Um, this also makes me want to add in a commander's plate. I mean, if you're going to be consistently dashing, the things are going to fall off. But if at a certain point you just cast it as is, commander's plate is a really great way to give your commander protection, especially if you're in monocolored or even no colored with colorless creatures. Mm -hmm. But giving it protection from every color except red is kind of amazing. Um, especially uh, having a one mana commander and a one mana equipment is also really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've seen with Yossi Maru and, and more recently, and oh, I cannot remember the, the original the original version of that card, but they were also legendary 2-2s for one mana, and we're seeing a very similar theme with those, is that you kind of, a lot of people seem to run a lot of equipment, because you can just drop a 2-2 on turn one, swing for two on turn two if you haven't already done something else. There's a lot of synergy mm -hmm. right there. This also makes me, it reminds me, but it also makes me want to run Subira, uh, uh, Tulzidi Caravaner. I hope I said that right. Um, this was a brew that I always thought was a really cool mono red commander because uh, she has haste, but you can also pay one to give another target creature with power two or less um, the ability to not be blocked this turn. And that is your commander. So if you beef up your commander, 
Um, <clears throat> you can just dash this guy in and make an unblockable commander damage. And if you just keep on doing that, like just have Subira out and dashing out a naked Zergo, you're going to be doing something really, really, really good. I mean, even the, the two mana ability to discard your hand um, says until end of turn, whenever a creature you control with power tour list deals combat damage to a player, you can draw a card. So that also gives you ability to kind of get a decent amount of card draw in this deck, especially if you wanted to fill out the rest of the um, the bodies with maybe tokens. I mean, honestly, this seems like a really good, just small, aggressive aggro deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting they bring Subira up here because that works honestly perfectly with Zergo in mm -hmm. so many ways. And honestly, Mono Red sometimes doesn't care about going Hellbent in, in, in a situation like this. And, you know, honestly, you can even respond to the trigger if you absolutely have to. The idea is creatures with power of two or less can't be blocked. But again, when you think about the phases of magic, when you think about the phases of combat especially, you can mm -hmm. still respond to some of these sorts of things, two blocks, for instance, before something goes off. I mean, there are there are some fun little things you can do even to get around that supposed downside with this card. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can do in Mono Red. Exactly. Um, and if you wanted to kind of pad this out with, like, say, some like some tokens or maybe even like some smaller creatures, like Sabira herself is like a two three. Um, I just found this uh, enchantment that seems really good. Good break through the line. It's two mana. Um, and it says pay a red target creature with power two or less gains haste until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. Yes, your um, Zergo is going to have haste already if you dash him, but can't be blocked this turn is, is kind of music to an aggressive commander's ears because you really want to like hit hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. For, for, for aggressive decks, again, you just have to keep going on the attack. I mean especially in mono red too is you don't necessarily have the most backup plans available so you got to just go if you're going to go into the strategy you got to go all in mm -hmm. in, a, in a similar vein to impact tremors raid bombardment is also really good um which is whenever a creature control with power two or less attacks it deals one damage to the player or planeswalker that creature is attacking which is also perfect again there's a lot of really good synergies i'm noticing in mono red with things with power two or less um, and I think that would be really good alongside Zergo as well. Because if, if, remember, he is a chief commander, one mana, two if you dash. Dealing two damage a turn is going to take a while to add up. But if you add in, like, the little pings of stuff like Impact Tremors or um, Array Bombardment, you're going to be dealing, what, like, three to four as opposed to just two, which will definitely build up over time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, now that we've talked about the aggressive nature of this deck, uh, how would you like to try to be able to close games out? Obviously, aggro decks really <clears throat> struggle sometimes, especially if your opponents can really drag out the game and the fact you have three opponents. So mm -hmm. how exactly can Zergo close out the game using a whole bunch of small creatures? Honestly, the thing that comes to mind is Kedis. Kedis is one of my... Honestly, one of my favorite red cards printed uh in in the past like five years i i'm obsessed with it and it's an uncommon too it fits in with like i guess we're going for a pseudo theme of small pingers uh but Cadis uh, says whenever commander you control deals combat damage to opponent it deals that much damage to each other opponent so going in the vein of going very aggressive with zergo you can either do the the pinging nature thing and continuously dash him or you could go very voltron and make him pretty big with stuff like again like claws of the i think it was claws of the valkyrie granite grip i think there's also um a ring that i don't remember off the top of my head i'll have to 
find it, but it, it gives you like a, a counter on the equipment. Um, yeah, but I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, again, I don't remember the name of it either, but it's the one that gives your creature haste and plus one plus one counters every upkeep if it's red. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yep. And so, like, the cool thing about Kedis is that it allows you, it technically makes it so you have one opponent as opposed to three, in my opinion. Because if you're consistently getting through with, like, unblockable stuff, like with that enchantment we talked about earlier, or you could even run a Rogue's Passage. Rogue's Passage is my absolute favorite mm -hmm. land in Magic. Um, if you just focus in on one person um, and you, you're suddenly able to deal that damage to all three opponents which is absolutely great i love kedis i think it's an absolute bomb of a card especially when you're going for a more aggressive tactic and that grows a lot easier when you're doing like 1v1 and you're mm. you're right it is definitely a lot harder when you increase the amount of opponents you have yeah and then people always get really angry that you're actually doing things and then board wipe you that's at least in my experience that always ends up being the problem with running aggro attacks so you got to find ways to be able to try to get around that. And what's great about Zergo is you just have this ability to recast so cheap, just mm -hmm. right out of the command zone if you have to. I think really the biggest issue is trying to get Zergo in your hand for, to deal with the dash clause. I mean, that's not the easiest in our in our format, honestly. If I'm, if I, if I'm mistaken, the dash clause, you can still... Uh... You can still play it from um, the command zone oh, for the yeah, dash. I guess cost. you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. I, I really should have read that closer. So, <laughs> all right. Because never mind. <laughs> there are ways that you can get your commander from the uh, command zone to your hand without having to cast it. I did used to have a phage deck. Mm -hmm. um, it is a little wild, but thankfully the dash cost here only says that you can just pay it for the dash cost and then it'll just bounce to your hand. So you immediately get it back to your hand and uh foregoing commander tax is kind of a big deal in a format like this um because your your mana is very precious especially if you're in a mono red deck too and you're going very aggressive your your spells are gonna be kind of where it's at and like you know uh two mana with dash and like two mana with kedis and like three mana with raid bombardment and two with impact Travers, like it adds up and you you want to make sure that you dedicate it to i mean like even with the commander's plate um things add up so it's very important to like have that? I think Dash is actually, um, I mean, doesn't Ragavan have Dash? Yes, Ragavan does have Dash. It's not a mechanic we see all that often, but back in Khan's block we did, and it's something where I did play around with it in my, my YOLO deck. Again, I don't talk about it much because I don't play it ever, but I just love the idea of being able to dash creatures out and being able to uh, to do funky things. Like, it, For instance, one of my favorite cards of Dash is Flame Rush Rider which for four and a red, you can flash it out and it creates a copy of another attacking creature you control. So just some interesting design space that maybe someday Wizards will return to in a little bit more. But yes, Ragavan does have dash, and mm. it kind of feels bad on turn one, I think. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. I faced a, I faced an early turn Ragavan. It hurts, especially in Commander. But I think, you know, maybe this is just me, you know, adding gravy to this at this point, but Ragavan would be an interesting addition to this deck too, simply because it gives you, um, it gives you that sort of card advantage. And <laughs> I mean, card advantage in the way that you take something of somebody else's and then you can, you can cast that. But, um, I love that. It's, it's, it's kind of like a little, little baby Atali. And I, I kind of think that would be very good, uh, in this deck too. Um, I mean, you can have like the stereotypical, like good red things like gamble, fervent mastery, wheel of misfortune, even, even heck, I think it'd be hysterical just to cast Zergo 
mm-hmm. uh, from your hand and or even from the command command zone and like Tybalt's trickery and just see what you get. Oh, um, get one of your value pieces. I think would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that wasn't that even part of an old standard deck that ended up getting mm-hmm. banned a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hard Tibble's, times. Tipple's trickery is such an interesting card. Uh, for those who don't know what Tipple's trickery does, um, it's a counter spell for one in a red and counter target spell. Then the then you pick one of three numbers, one, two, or three at random. And again, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. So. You choose one, two, or three at random, then that spell's controller mills that many cards, and then reveals the top card of their library until they reveal a non-land card. I think? Um, like that. For a non-land card? Yeah, it's a non-land yeah. card. Yeah, for a non-land card. I mean, you, you're, you're kind of fishing, honestly, for mm-hmm. something, but it's it, it's a funky little polymorph effect, I'd say. Especially I would when you agree. use on your own stuff. And I mean, in... You know, in the same vein of Kedis, I feel like this is this is part of one of the reasons why I love Mono Red. I feel like I'm cheating with this, <laughs> but like you you have you have your standard pieces like Dictate of the Twin Gods, Furnace of Wrath, Fiendish Duo, mm-hmm. Fiery Emancipation. I mean, that is is game ender. Um, and you know, very quickly two becomes six with Fiery Emancipation, and if you have a uh, Fiendish Duo out, you know, two becomes uh four becomes 12 you know it's just it's a insane little uh you know snowballing effect that i really appreciate in mono red it's what i run in my chandra deck because you know like when you look at like two chandras you're like what it's going to deal two damage to me um and it's a single target that's nothing to worry about but then all of a sudden you're taking like nine per turn and you're like what is happening mm-hmm Mono red is really great at doubling and tripling damage, and don't mm-hmm. don't anyone out there forget that. No other color can say that. No, and I love that's why I love the color so much. It's just yes. so aggressive in the best of ways. I I know this is really why I also enjoy running Boros personally. Is I just love white as a color because I love all mm. the really cool stuff you can do with it, and red gives you all these really awesome damage and all this really funky stuff you can do. With with the and this, it's just why I love that color, particular color pairing. It's like there's so many ways you can build this. If people tell you it's boring, they clearly haven't tried hard enough. I'm gonna be extremely honest that right now I'm kind of wanting to actually make this. Like I'm just like looking at this guy, and the more I look at him, I'm like, I kind of think this is a really good card. <laughs> yeah, I I think so too. I mean, again, I, I've been listening to a lot of these sorts of deck builds and. I keep wanting to say, I'll build this eventually. I'll build this eventually. Well, again, I haven't <laughs> built any of them. But again, if I can provide the impetus for people building really cool decks, then they could say, you know, I actually built this on a podcast. You know, I feel like that's an amazing part of conversation to, to go mm-hmm. into, especially with Rule Zero, too. It's like, hey, I Ooh, built yeah. this deck. You know, I didn't intend to build this deck. I just kind of built it, and I like it. And I, I really just enjoy being able to be a facilitator for things, for stories like that. I I really think that is especially like with monocolor decks too. For some reason, I feel like they they kind of get a bad rap nowadays. Especially when you look at didn't this come out in like what like twenty fifth was twenty fifteen dragons dragons uh, dark something like that. Again, it was before I started playing, so probably. But yes, I think it was twenty fifteen. Okay, because like looking at this, it is kind of a, a a bit of a bummer if I do say so myself that like this is like considered now a quote unquote old commander. Um, and I may or may not be perpetuating that a little bit myself, 
uh, just because I'm like, wow, 2015, I started playing in 2015. That's like seven years. But like, you know, at the same time, it's it's not that old. And we have we're definitely experiencing a lot with like product overload and like building the newest thing. But like, if you look back like five, six, seven years, you find some really good pieces like is Zergo Bellstriker like a CDH masterpiece? No, but I do think that you can really find some interesting ways to brew around him in a unique way, especially with that dash mechanic. I just think that's so fun. Like turn, turn to dash haste to commander damage. Most of the time people aren't going to have any blockers, maybe a mana rock, maybe like a land or elves or birds or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just looking at the EDH rec page real quick, it's clear that there's not necessarily one good strategy that a lot of people are stick are sticking with. Right. It, mm -hmm. There's just a lot of combat tricks, a lot of hasty small creatures in here. Um, you know, the, the usual mono red good stuff, your Burgies, your Perforos. Mm -hmm. but, there, uh, but there's also a bunch of interesting things you would never really see in a lot of decks either. Um, like Dwarven Warriors. And if you don't know mm -hmm. what that does out there, listeners, I'll read it for you. Dwarven Warriors, so 1-1 one, one Dwarf. Causing two to red tap ability, target creature with power two or less is unblockable this turn. So kind of going into that whole unblockable, then building Voltron-y-ish kind of stuff going on here. But still, no real direct uh, path to, to playing this deck. And, that, and that's why I honestly chose Zergo for this role for this series, is there's really no consensus on how most people build this deck. And that's I just love hearing everyone's unique take on something because i'm sure if i was to build zergo i'd probably build this very differently than you did chase just because you know mm -hmm. we're we, we always think about things in a very different way as brewers we all have, we always have our own style and that's what i love about the series it's just seeing what everyone's style is and seeing how they read a commander for, for, for potentially the first time in some cases I, I just, but that, that's my favorite thing about deck building. That's why I deck build the way I do. And I, I, I hope I'm not derailing the conversation no, no, too no. much. Um, but I like to, I like to deck build collaboratively. I, I typically try to deck build on my stream and that's just not just so that I can make content. It's just because I really love the fact that I am able to, um, get different perspectives that I normally would not pay attention to and that's not me being like oh well, i don't want to pay attention to it it's just you know i don't have that play experience or i haven't been playing as long as you or i didn't play in this block but i played in the next set three years later uh, or my meta is different and there are a lot of different uh cards and um techniques that i've been opened up to because of others through this kind of deck building so that's kind of why i was really excited for this particular um challenge because I was like, this is kind of cool. Like building a deck like in like what, like 10 minutes and like mm -hmm. praying that it works. I just mm -hmm. think that's really fun. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. I think at some point I'll have to have you on for a Noah Brewer series at some point. Just uh, love that. You know, yeah, yeah. Just talk about that. So again, listeners, be on the listen for that. And yeah, Chase, thank you so much for taking the time to, to hang out today. It's been awesome hearing about the Zergo deck. Um, it really hits my uh, kind of where I live in a way, too, because I also love aggressive decks. So, you know, this seems like it's right up my alley as well. Would you say that it rings your bell? Uh, ha, ha. 
Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's totally okay. I, I, I love good puns. You just can't see me do, doing like the Picard baseball meme over yeah. there. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So, again, Chase, where can people find your stuff over on Twitch? Of course. Everyone can find me on Mana Curves. You can find me everywhere there, literally, like Squarespace, LinkedIn, Napster, what have you. Um, but uh, my Twitch is uh, Mana Curves. I do Commander deck building and Commander gameplay. You can also find me on Twitter at Mana Curves as well. All right. Sounds good. And if you want to hear any of the previous Noah Brewer episodes in this series or just any of the MTG podcast episodes at all, you can find those on the usual podcast outlets. As you are Google, Apple, Spotify, Player FM, Rocketcast, Podcast, Overcast, Podcast Addict, a million others. I never remember all of them. I got about seven or eight of them, but I think I did a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, it, wherever most major podcasts are found, you can probably find my stuff on there. You can also find me on the Twitters at, at MTG in quarantine. You find the rather contented looking Ulamog wearing a pair of headphones. You found the right place. I'd also like to use this opportunity again to give another huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people supporting me over at patreon.com slash quarantine. It's a huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Nick S, Frugal Brutal, Jun of the Filthy MTG Casuals, Coach j Geek Beardly, and Scoop Face for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And again, make sure to check out Lee EDH fundraiser this weekend, the 13th and 14th of August, to help where a lot of awesome content creators will be raising money and playing EDH to help out friends of the show and patron Anomaly and their son be able to cover unexpected medical bills. So make sure to go on over to the various Twitch streams. Again, you can check out friends of the show, Veggie Wagon. Ben, Beth, the Queen of Cardboard, as well as Nathan the Hermit Druid, and many other lovely folks. Definitely make sure to check Twitter or check their accounts for more information. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. <laughs>